I love microdosing. I love microdosing. Yesterday, I needed to go practice my drums and I popped a little microdose gummy and I'll tell you what happened. I drummed for about a good two hours. That's fabulous. Yeah. I was looking at our new roof, hoping that it wasn't going to leak and I got some anxiety about it. So I thought, you know what? I'm going to take a gummy just to calm down so I can go to sleep and not worry about this. And I did and I had a great night's sleep and I woke up and there was no leak. I've noticed a change in you for the, a positive change. I like to hear that. Yeah. I feel like your mood is like very centered. I'm sleeping much better. Microdose gummies deliver perfect entry-level doses of THC that help you feel just that right amount of good. And you can get 30% off your first order plus free shipping today at microdose.com promo code pants. It's available nationwide. That's microdose.com promo code pants for 30% off and free shipping. Microdose.com promo code pants. Introducing Bluehost Cloud, ultra-fast WordPress hosting with 100% uptime. Want a website with unmatched power, speed, and control? Of course you do. And now you can have all three with Bluehost Cloud, the new web hosting plan from Bluehost. With 100% uptime and incredibly speedy load times, your WordPress websites will be dependable and lightning fast on a global scale. Plus, your sites can handle even the biggest traffic spikes without going down or lagging. And with Bluehost Cloud, you get 24-7 WordPress priority support, meaning you're connected to WordPress experts anytime you need them. Not to mention, you automatically get daily backups and world-class security. So what are you waiting for? Get Bluehost Cloud today by visiting bluehost.com. That's bluehost.com. Well, Happy New Year, Kate. Happy New Year, Alicia. New Year. I have a new age. You have a new age. I do. I have a new age. You are a new age. I am a new age. But you're not new age. Absolutely not. Right. Minus the astrology. Correct. Um, okay, we're not going to talk about what we did over the holidays. No, because we're going to save that. We have a we, very special guest today, but we will talk about what we did over the holidays week, next, next week. Next week we'll do it. But today we have Arlen Hamilton. We do. And we're very excited to Friend talk to you. Friend of the pod. Hey. An inspiration. <laughs> yeah. You want to pick your brain? A new friend too, I would say. Yeah. Like we've, yeah. been, we've been hanging lately. New. Well, for you, it's new. For me, it's been 15 years probably. <laughs> 20 years. I, for, I always forget that you watch the show. Of course I watch the show. Oh, can I can I give out a piece of trivia? Yes. Back in the day, we're, we're dating ourselves here when I say this, but back in the day, if anyone remembers t-shirts that said Shane is my home. There were two kinds. Shane is my homegirl and Shane is, Shane is my homo girl. Got it. Okay. If clever. anyone remembers those, those, they were black and white. They look like sort of um, copy machines. Sort yeah, of black and yeah. white. Xerox. Yeah. Xerox. Yeah. Arlen created those. She's yeah. the originator. Well, yeah. <laughs> It's, it's that was popular. This is true. It was. Yeah, there was so much. So I had a blog called Your Daily Lesbian Moment yep. back in the day, and I blogged about the L word every week, and I had a top ten list, and a lot of people looked at it every. I mean, to the point where if I didn't put it up by a certain time, I would get like crazy mail, and this was like MySpace days. Oh. So I would do this top ten list. It was I thought it was really clever. It was a lot of fun. Like what kind of things were on it? Oh, I'm trying to flash back to it. Um, <laughs> like top 10, like things that happened. I mean, I could probably pull it up. That but drive me crazy. Well, there were some, of, of course there was like these pieces, like, like for instance, it wasn't drive me crazy at all, but it was like these things that I point out. Like for instance, there was an episode where Bet, 
learned all of sign language in a day <laughs> in order to get laid. And I ordered to get laid. And I pointed that out. <laughs> and there were certain the, the the kind of recurring thing was like You gotta love it. I mean, you know <laughs> you gotta love the time warp element of the show. <laughs> um and then there was like there was a degree to like Kate your hair or a Shane's hair. Yep. Depending on the style of hair, there'd be like a level of Insanity. Like how many people you had slept with that week, or what c- cool thing had happened? You know, okay. it was the, it was that. Level oh, I was going to be a lot ru- uh, more rude regarding my <laughs> yeah. hair. You were being nice about it, it. but I I think it was like no matter what was going on, your hair was fabulous, and it was just so funny oh, to Arlen, me. You're being very generous with. Did anyone ever see Delicious? <laughs> what's happening the what my mom bought it i was like what is that what? shirt what's delicious i guess it didn't i guess it didn't hit, it didn't hit like the shane is my homegirl <laughs> level of popularity but that's a clever play i thought to do but i guess my delicious. mom was the only one who bought jane, one jane picked up on it quick delicious you know now you're gonna start seeing t-shirts after i'm just people saying hear this i had a t-shirt too kate that nobody I bought i believe you i'd buy that i think it's hysterical delicious I think it's great. Now, Arlen. Okay. You have a new book out. I do. It's just come out called Your First Million. That's right. Yes, it just came out. And what made you write this follow-up book to your successful first book? Called It's About Damn Time. (laughs) Great title, by the way. Thank you. Like, did you sit around going, I wasn't done with everything I needed to say? Oh, I mean, that happened the moment the first book came out. I was like, oh, there's so much more I want to say. First of all, I I would love to have a like a career as an author, like release something every two to three years. That'd be really cool. Do you enjoy writing? Yeah, I do. I learned a lot on this one though that I don't enjoy like a time like a deadline or like uh, yeah. you're supposed to write on Wednesdays type of thing. It just doesn't work. So uh, and I'm not used to being that create like that creative in that kind of space. So yeah, I definitely enjoy the process of sharing and teaching and like just sharing my my history, my experiences. Um, but this one, your first, like It's About Damn Time was more of a memoir and more of like, how did I go from being homeless to starting a venture capital fund and investing millions of dollars into hundreds of companies led by right. us? And Your First Million is now like, these are this is like our call to action. And over the next um, 10 years, I would like to help create and catalyze 1,000 new millionaires who are representative of the country, meaning demographically. And this book is kind of like that, I don't know, that line in the sand that says, this is why I think that's a good idea, uh, Other, rather than the next one billionaire. It'd be great. I, I agree with you because billionaires, there's no one needs to be a billionaire. Yeah, I, no I, I agree. Like if I... So I don't hate billionaires like a lot of people just kind of just hate them just off the bat. Like I work with a couple of them that I think are cool, but who needs all that money, first of all? And if I were to become a billionaire, which I believe I could, the first thing I would do is make myself not a billionaire. Right. Like I wouldn't By be By giving able, your money away? Yeah. Or like investing, investing in it. Things. And if it were, were to return, I'd just reinvest it. You know, it would never be like, oh, I'm sitting on it. And that's no shade right. to, you know, my home people, but- it just, to me, it doesn't seem right in a world that has six, seven or eight billion people. I'd be a great billionaire. 
How would you? So? I would. I would just, I would donate it to causes. I would start things. I would, yeah. I would help people. Yeah. I would like make sure all my loved ones are taken care of. I don't yeah. need all that money. I'd yeah. be very good at giving it away to the right places. I really believe that. Right. I've thought about it. Okay, good. I really thought about <laughs> when I'm a billionaire one day, I'd be really good at this. But you just said literally two minutes ago, nobody needs billionaires. You don't. And now you're like, I sit around talking, thinking about what I'm going to do when I become one. But if I was a billionaire, when I am a billionaire, I'd be really good at it. Well, but I don't okay. need to be one and there shouldn't, and there doesn't need to be billionaires in this world. That's a lot of money. Just you, just you as one. Well. <laughs> no, and Arlen, <laughs> Arlen too. Arlen could be a billionaire as well. Bam. Rocket money. I used rocket money again last week. How many? Are you okay? I don't know. You have I a get lot these, of subscriptions you forget I know. about. You know what it is? Because I get these apps and you have to pay for everything you get these days. And I think, all right, well, I'll use this for a few days but and I'll cancel it. But I forget. And, and you, you have forget to have every your... week that you forgot last week. Yes. Thank God you have Rocket Money. Before I started using Rocket Money myself, I thought I had about like, I don't know, six subscriptions. No, Kate, I had like 15. 15? Yes. I was like, clear it, clear it, clear it, get rid of it. And Rocket Money is like, we have your back. Because Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. So you can start to grow your savings. Plus Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has saved a total of $500 million in canceled subscriptions, saving members up to $740 a year when using all of the app's features. So stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash pants. That's rocketmoney.com slash pants. Say it, Kate. That's rocketmoney.com slash pants. I know you've talked about your your start and your history a lot, but just for our listeners, in case there are people that don't know. You mean you there are people who don't know me? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that's yeah. not the case, but just in case. I'm um, 43, and until I was 35, I did not make more than $20,000 a year, and most years it was a lot less than that. Huh. Is this, can I interrupt? I'm going to just interject here yes. in case anyone didn't know. You were a tour manager. Yes. You were fascinated with music. Yeah. Now, are you saying that that's the amount that also came in yeah, into the world of being a tour I was, manager? I was a production, I was a tour manager, but I was also a production assistant and a production coordinator and right. a road manager. I was everything. I was a local runner. I was everything, right? And so a tour manager for a smaller artist, production coordinator for larger artists and, you know, went through that. But that was back. I remember like if I could get a gig, like being a PA on a reality show for like a week, that'd be 750 bucks, 150 a day. And I would be like, oh my God, you know how many pot pies I can buy with that? Like right. I can really make something of this. Um, as people are dealing with this right now is that, okay, you're on, let's say you're on the road for two months or three months on a tour, which is, would be great. And maybe you, like a production coordinator, and I don't know the numbers now, but maybe I was making like 1500 a week. But then for nine months, I wouldn't have a gig. Mm -hmm. And you're always on the road trying to get the next gigs. It's just like acting and all I was going to say, this sounds familiar. Yeah, so. I feel like things. this is my life. This, and is, our, yeah. this, is, our so, okay. this is our racket. Yeah. So, and so every, like I would be, there was one time where I was on stage, side stage with Beyonce, Jay-Z, Harry Styles and Haim. And I was the talent wrangler for Pharrell who brought Usher out. 
at Coachella that that year. And I when I got back home, I was staying at a hostel on, on Hollywood. Two extremes. I mean, it was such stark differences. But I always knew that I would be okay. There was just some, I was, it, was a, it was sad, it was like frustrating, it was like super dark sometimes, but I always, there was never a time where I was like, oh, I'm not going to be wealthy or I'm not going to be successful or I'm not going to be someone who reaches a lot of people. You had faith, like, you, had faith in, you just had this Like belief faith. in yourself? Yeah. So you had a goal in mind. Yeah, I had, um, it was a belief in myself and I also could see it. You know, it's like mm-hmm. I, I know could, what that I I, can, I know that I know that yeah. too. Yeah. Like you're just like I'm gonna be okay because I I actually f- know that I'm this I'm gonna end up here. Yeah, you don't know how, mm-hmm. like the road in between, but you know, and you don't know exactly what that looks like at the end of sure, it. Sure, but, but you, you know, know there's the end gonna result. be something. Like yeah, it was very it was super. Like it took a few years after I i started investing like so 2015 september 15 2015 it was kind of like that that mark for me and it took a few years after that well wait don't skip realize, over that because yeah that's a huge what do you mean you just that year you started investing like walk us through that so i had it, it was like a my worst year essentially 12 month period i just like i i had been like sharing a, a hotel room with my mom who was in her 60s at the time she was not well, like physically. She was ill. We were sharing a hotel room. Every day we'd go down to the to the front desk and just kind of beg to stay there, get a few days, and we would fit, we'd put you know two nickels together to make it work. We were super excited on like Tuesdays or Wednesdays. I can't remember which one because they had free chili, and we could we knew we were gonna eat that. You uh-huh. know, eat okay. It was just it was pretty terrible and. <clears throat> And I could I, I wanted to like drive for Uber, but they wouldn't let you rent a car to do that. So I, I couldn't like make it work. Right. right. I I applied to so many jobs I didn't get. I get they wouldn't hire me at Kohl's. Kohl's? Wow. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> I applied for Airbnb to be a customer service rep for fifteen dollars an hour. And I went through three interviews and they would not hire me. They said I was overqualified. So I was like, so then I'm qualified. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> but they wouldn't hire me. So I ended up Fast forward, I'll come back. But I ended up hiring their head of people who retired from Airbnb for Backstage Capital years later. That's amazing. Yes. Oh, that's, I think, something we need to address that we didn't address is that, Arlen, you own a a VC backstage. Yeah. I understand. Yeah, yeah. But we didn't kick off this episode with that description. We kicked off the book. My investments go through Backstage Capital, which is a fund that I started from scratch while I was homeless. And it was during that time staying with my mom, and I was just so depressed watching her suffer. And so I sent her back to her sister in Mississippi to sleep on the couch in her 60s. And I was like, I have to do something. I have to like accelerate whatever this is. So I I got myself into um, a program at Stanford that was a two-week program. What was it, like like an intensive? Yeah, it was like a boot camp type of thing, but it was at Stanford. I... Everybody was staying at like the Four Seasons and or lived in town. And I would like say, hey, great. And I would get the catered lunch. And then I would get on a bus, two buses, and go back to like a really bad part of town. And stay wow, the that's yeah. a crazy story. It was there where I, that I met a woman named Susan Kimberlin, who was my age. And she had, she had been successful in her career and in her family. And so she was looking to invest. And I had a lot of information that she didn't have. 
I had been studying for years, this venture capital world, this tech world. So I was able to sit with her, like we would sit together at lunch and just, I would teach her how to like do diligence on things. No matter how much money she had in the bank, she didn't have that bank of information. So I say, if you, because money attracts money, if you don't have money, you become money. Say that one more time. Okay. (laughs) Because money attracts money. Mm-hmm. If you don't have money, mm-hmm. you become money. How to so? attract How does that, What does that mean? There's several ways. And the first way is information. So Got I had it. studied. Value. You're talking every, about value. Yes. I had studied every day, whether I was hungry, whether I had a place to live. I had studied it. I had a phone, thankfully. I had a laptop. I studied. I listened to things. So when I met Susan and I realized, oh, she has money. She wants to invest. She has passion. She's really smart. But she may not know as much as I do. I can share that information with her, provide value to her, kind of like, you know, her sidekick. And then she'll see that value. And then maybe over time, she'll decide to see what I can do Mm. with the same kind of investment money. Brilliant. How did you, what made you interested in- (laughs) I was going to ask that. The VC world or what, when you started this in 2012, studying this, what was it? I originally, so this is a super gay story. I we love that here on Pants. Yes. <laughs> I originally wanted to start a tech company because I had applied to all these tech companies and I wanted to start one. And I was always an entrepreneur in my heart. And it was for a dating site that I wanted to, that was going to be called Juliet and Juliet. <laughs> right? <laughs> and I thought, well, let me study how to talk to investors. That's when I learned, I think it was 2013, that less than 10% of venture capital goes to anyone who is not a straight white male in the U.S. Wow. Mm. They make up 30% or so mm. of the U.S., but they get 90% of the money. So you were like, I there's I see what's wrong here, and I can be part of change. I can yes. be. I said I could probably raise a million dollars for my company because I know myself, and I know like if I put my mind to it, I could probably make that happen. But what if I did the same energy to raise a million dollars for for other people who are like me? What right. difference would that make? Right. And a bigger change, difference. And change the generational wealth. Exactly. And- it would change the dynamic. It could change everything. Your company. Okay. Like, will you kind of, will you just tell people what it is? So Backstage Capital is a investment fund. It's a venture capital fund. I raise money from other people who are high net worth individuals or corporations. I, with the team, select companies to invest in. We have invested in more than 200 companies. Like we invest about 30 companies a year, which is usually what people's entire portfolio is. Oh, so that's a lot of people. It's a lot. That's a lot of people. But I was, when I started, there was no fund that was specifically to, to invest in women across the board people of color and LGBTQ plus so important. It's so, so important. important. It's crazy that there aren't more firms like well, yours are, that are doing there that. There are today dozens. So you've inspired. So, so did you kick did you yeah. kick off the revolution? Yeah, I can say that I have. Bam. So the, it is the new year. We're all going, you know, we love to start the year with like how we're going to change as people, yeah. ideas of it. So yeah. do you have a couple of like steps, just like broad strokes that you, how someone can start believing in themselves yeah. in those kind of well, ways? Well, I'll speak to just what, maybe why 
I don't have imposter syndrome. I've had it before, so I understand it, and I understand that it's there. But I've also kind of gone from, like, not knowing if I'm going to have, like, have a meal in a day to being in rooms where everyone is at least a millionaire and higher. And what I found was, although there are a lot of nice people in that bracket, no one, I have still to this day, and again, no shade, I have still found no one, or let's say straight white male billionaire millionaire, who is smarter than, than a black woman, the smartest mm. black woman I know. We, we have imposter syndrome because a lot of times we're like, oh, I don't think I'm ready for this position. Or like if you're at a job, I'm not ready to do this job. Or I was given the responsibility that I, I don't think I am ready for. Barack Obama was never president before he was president. But he had to step into that. No one is exactly perfect for their role. No one really has it figured out. Like, I, have you met anyone who has, like, it totally figured out? No. I've, Are I've you kind people, of talking about, like, fake it till you make it kind of? Yes, but also not even fake it till you make it because that's kind of like putting up a facade. Mm-hmm. I'm saying just, like, realize we're all human. We're all in this together. We're all equal. There's no one better than you. There's no one lower than you. And the fact that you're even attempting something, the fact that you're even stepping into the arena is the thing. And you cannot step into greatness. You cannot be great unless you step forward towards it. So, yeah, right. I mean, you know, there's certain things I won't do. Like, I'm not going to go and try to sing the national anthem. Wouldn't be good for any of us. But there are a lot of things that I will attempt if I find passion in it, if I think that it's, you know, putting positivity into the world, and if I think I have a good shot at figuring it out. And if I'm not hurting anyone along the way, I meet so many people and it's mostly women who are are like this. And it's mostly people of color who are like this. They diminish themselves in the, like, before you even get to hear the second sentence, they're like, oh, I'm just a, Mm -hmm. how many times have I heard, oh, I'm just a teacher. Somebody walks up to me and they want a picture or they want to talk to me and they're like, oh, I'm just a teacher. So you probably don't remember me or something like are you kidding me? Right. Like, why do we do that? Why do we do that to ourselves when the world is going to put up the roadblocks for right. us? So we have to be our biggest champions. And so I don't believe that I'm extra special. I just believe we're all better than we think we are. Well, it is also about building each other up, especially yeah. in the community of women. I it mean, is. if we're all doing that, we need to help each other. Yeah, I call it loosening the pickle jar. For someone else. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. <laughs> I totally get it. I mean, I'm from I ask people to do that all the time. Yes. Um, it's just like, it's a level of, uh, I, I, the way I interpret it is this level of confidence and it's not bravado, it's just confidence. And yeah. I too suffer from extreme bouts of imposter syndrome. I challenge any actor out there, unless maybe you're Meryl Streep, who doesn't yeah. have that. Can we, can we talk about that for a second? Sure. I'm not trying to talk you out of how you feel at all. I'm just saying I think a lot of people listening <laughs> would just be so surprised to hear you say, like, even you all have imposter syndrome. Yeah. Oh, my God. And yeah, there's like so crazy. many actors today who became actors because they saw one of your episodes 
or a season. Well, that's great. See, look, we're helping people, Kate. Yeah. Um, and it's okay. It's okay. So you shouldn't, you don't necessarily have to walk around on cloud nine and you're just so, you know, better than everybody. No, it's right. not walking around on cloud nine. Yeah. It's just a level of self-possession that I yeah. think is really rare. And it clearly comes yeah. from a very genuine place in you. And I think that's admirable because you don't see that in people often. Well, it's, I also think it's like one of the themes in your book is like people, people never fail because they don't even bother trying right. in the first place. Yes. And it's like, it is about just like getting yourself like maybe not believing you belong on that television show because there are so many other actors that are better than you, but it's mm-hmm. like, just get, walk in that door. Just, just walk start in. there. Just walk in. I think about, I know this is kind of random, but I think about the guy who plays Daryl on Walking Dead. And I think he auditioned, he had like a really bad audition apparently for The Walking Dead. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, Norman Reedus. And apparently he had a really bad audition, but the way he auditioned made them create this other character. And now he's like, you know, right. carrying the show. You watched The Walking Dead? Did you see so, Madison Clark? Probably let you in the front door. <laughs> she was in the back room. She was in the back room. What's that now? Her girlfriend. Oh. But wait, but wait, but how do you interpret this? Like, uh, because you're in the business world. Yeah. Right? We could talk about acting all day. Sure. But like, well, how, how does someone uh, who might want a position or, um, I don't know, like a, maybe to start their own business. Like, mm-hmm. how do they find, like, especially financially? Yeah. I'm just saying, like, Especially. everyone, no matter what your your occupation is, like women who are watching, non-binary people, all the people who are listening to this, there has been somebody in your life that you've worked for or with who you're like, well, how did this idiot get this job? Like, how did they, how, did, how are they higher than I am? Oh, sure. Right? That's, all you have to think about is that <laughs> they had the audacity <laughs> to walk right. into the room and get that paycheck. So why can't you? So why wouldn't you? Right. Like really, like you know. So starting a company, I think is um, it's one of the it's one of the ways that you know the the millionaires will be made, which I think is important. And it's about ownership and control and influence and collectively, to your point, not just for yourself. To your point, Leisha, not to yourself, just for yourself, but for as a group. And I think that's the, the most exciting part of it is like the collective part of it. But. Well, yeah. what you just said kind of triggered me because we talked about this a lot a couple of years ago. What? Just looking around sometimes and seeing pe- people in certain positions, oh. and you didn't understand why they were there, how they how they got there, yeah. and it really actually empowered me yes. to put myself in positions that I would have never thought I could get in until yes. I saw the example of someone else was in it that shouldn't. I was like, wait, no, 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 no. If yeah. they can do that, sure. How, why am I telling myself I can never do it? I'm over here like wasting so much time. Like, no, no, you're, you didn't go to school for this. You didn't, you know, study that you didn't, but like, I'm highly interested in this thing, but like, oh, I must have to, you know, work 20 years towards it. And then I see, you know, someone just walk through that door, like, oh no, I belong here. And I was like, huh? (laughs) And it, but, but it helped me. Like, I think what you're saying is if you, in your mind sort of level the playing field, yeah. Like no one's above me, no one's below me. We're all the same, like, right? Another part of, I mean, to to that point, we do not have, and I say we in this case, I mean LGBTQ plus people, women, other. We do not have the luxury of time for imposter syndrome because we have so much time to make up for. And there are so many things sort of acting against us in a, in a world where we have to fight in such ways for rights for our own bodies and like we just it's it's I'm not discounting it and I'm not saying that you're not merited in feeling a certain way 
but truly we don't have time for it. You're right. I was standing behind two couples in line at the airport a few days ago. We were in first class, and a lot of times when I go to first class, um, somebody will let me know this is first class in case I didn't know. And I'll say, yeah, I remember when I paid for it. And they they were that kind of vibe. Mm. And they were just trying to outdo, they didn't know each other, trying to outdo each other, talking about what kind of neighborhoods they lived in in Dallas. And they were then both comparing their farmland that they had both inherited from their families. And I was, I actually had such a, a, di- um, a dual reaction at the same, you know, at the same time, which was, I was really bummed out that so many of my, like so many of my peers who are black don't get to have that story. Not that every white person has a farm, don't get me wrong, but we don't get to have that story because we had a different history here. But at the same time, I was like, you know, eight years later, I was like, girl, to myself, I was like, girl, you used to sleep on the floor of the San Francisco airport and you've invested in 200 companies. And you did that in a country that was built like this, mm-hmm. where you have to still to this day convince somebody you're supposed to be in first class. That Those two guys, I do not envy them on any day, the worst day of my life. I do not envy them. Because that's their peak. Their right, peak is comparing peak. the size of their farmland in the jetway, getting on a flight, and it's almost like you have to pity them at that I point. I really, <laughs> yeah. I actually did because they're proovies. They're the proovies. The, the what? The proovies. We used to. We always call people like that. Proovies. They had to the, prove yourself. Yeah, yeah just like proving. Like, oh, let me prove mm-hmm, I have this, and the mm-hmm, other one's like, well, I'm going to prove I have that, and they just outprove each other. It's yeah, pro- it's like it's the case of the proovies. So that that's another way to kind of think about stuff. Like, think about what you have accomplished with what you have. That's how I look at companies when I think about investing in them. What have they done so far with the resources they have in comparison? That's a really great way to look at it. And to be reminded of where you came from and what you started with. Like pants. Look where pants started in 2020. Look where we are now. Yes. Look, look at us. Here we are. <laughs> I'm dead serious. No, I know, I'm I know. Very, very serious. I know. You're very good at reminding us. I have to sometimes because no. we both get down in the dumps. And I know. It's my turn to always remind you and say, look where we are. Who knew in 2020? I bring you up too. Of I course you do. You, you brought me up about an hour ago. I when did. I had such a rough day. You're right. But I'm saying to you, in 2020 when we started this, Little refresh. Right. We had no idea we'd be sitting here with Arlen. Well, I think it's uh, <laughs> doing having a podcast for you. Years yeah. Later. No, it is cool. No, I'm okay. Serious. Well, okay. When somebody's concentrating or can only concentrate on living paycheck to paycheck. Oh, there we go. How do you? What kind of advice do you give that person to start that passion project they have? How do you get away from just worry? To I'm gonna. Do you take put a little aside every mm-hmm. month? Do you what is it? what's that breaking yeah. point? Yeah. So, but remember, I used to make so little money that mm-hmm. when people were talking about income streams, I didn't even have one. So, like, I know what that feels like. I say, have your current gig, like your job, be your springboard, be your first investor, even in a way, not literally, but a lot of people were like quit their jobs so they can go start a company and then they get so upset that they're not making any money off the company and then they're like even worse than they were because they don't want to work for someone else. I say play the long game a little bit like strategically and say in, within two or three years, can you work at this gig 
and over time uh, as your side hustle, make enough profit that you slowly start to out off of the day job. Exactly. Outdo. That's like pants. That's very good. Yeah. And so it's, so it's like you're kind of pretend to yourself that your job is your investor. So you're like, ah. you get your paycheck, and you're like, thanks. You know, like this you 10% or 20% is for it's this It's keeping you afloat keeping in order to do what you're calling the side hustle, your passion project. Yeah. And hey, insurance. I, would, I, <laughs> I just want to hang out with Arlene. I know. I just want to hang out with you. I just want to hang out with oh, you. I think you're great. Can we get that? Can we cut my team cut that and just have that as my ringtone? <laughs> no, truly. Well, you're it. amazing, and you are helping people. Yeah, and you are. if you want to know more about Arlen, you've got two books out. So um, it's a real honor to know you, and yeah, it really is. You taking the time with us today, and thank you for joining us. Thank you. We've been wanting to have you on, and it's it's incredible and surreal. So thank you. Well, back at (laughs) you. All right, I'm sure we'll see you soon for dinner or something. Yeah, Yeah, let's have dinner off the mics. We're gonna have dinner. No pants talk. Okay, Bye. bye. Thank you for listening to Pants, a podcast brought to you by myself, Kate Menig, and Alicia Haley. Produced and edited by Arwen Nix. Mixed by Valentino Rivera. Please listen and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere you listen to podcasts. Theme song by Carolina Para of the band CSS, and graphics are by Love Fox.